My name is Cameron DeBazier, and I happen to be the director of the Sabbath School and Personal Ministries Department of the Michigan Conference. And, and I'm Mark here, Howard, exactly. and this is, and this is talking about talking points. Yes, we're not actually doing a talking points right now, but we're going to be talking about talking points <laughs> and what really that is and kind of the background of it. And I'm guessing, Mark, there's a lot of people who don't even know what talking points is or what it is we're talking about right now. So well, let's, when we're done. Exactly. So what we're going to do tonight is kind of pan back a little bit and, yeah. and give you an overview before we dive into specifics about the importance of Sabbath school and ways Sabbath school can help um, you benefit your local church and your own personal life and all those kind of things, uh, tonight we're just going to talk about where we come in connection with Sabbath school and our own personal, you know, what brings us How here, this whole yeah. thing started. Exactly. You want to start backstory. Off? Let's start with prayer. Oh, yeah, don't sure. Uh, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are just so thankful for the many blessings that you show upon us, Lord, all of which we are undeserving. We pray, Lord, that you would bless our time now, this evening, and throughout this week and this weekend. We pray that it will be time that would help to draw us closer to you, would help us to glorify you more in our daily lives, and would enrich our uh, walk with you in every way, Father. Uh, thank you for hearing and answering, for we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So maybe we should say a little bit as we're leading into, for those who don't know what Talking Points is, it's... Uh, and it, as Ryan had mentioned, we both work for the Sabbath School and Personal Ministries Department of the Michigan Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. And so what we want to start with is to tell you how we got into the positions we're in, a little bit of our backstory, and what that is. Yeah. Some of you may be like, what in the world what does is Sabbath, the Sabbath School and Personal Person Ministries Mis Department yeah. do? Yeah. Which is a fair question because there's a lot of conferences who don't yeah, have had asked that a Sabbath times. School of Personal Ministries Department or at least way it's arranged as we, like we have it in Michigan. And I really believe the Lord is in what's happening with Michigan and the General Conference. They have a Sabbath That's School right. Personal Ministries Department. But why is it that way and how do we have any part of that? And that's kind of our burden, at least for the beginning here this evening. So uh, you want me to go first or you? I'll go first, and okay. then you'll 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 know how what the my because I, I kind of conceptualize this this part of um, the backstory personally, because um, I want I want you viewers to know how we got involved, not just in our position in the conference office, but in ministry, uh, because I think it will help you to realize that no matter where you're coming from, God can use you in ministry. Mm. Um, as for myself. I was raised in a Seventh-day Adventist home. My, my mom and dad were first-generation Seventh-day Adventists. They became Seventh-day Adventists through personal Bible studies. They didn't go to evangelistic meeting or something, so they had a couple of young friends that met with them and gave them Bible studies, and they became Seventh-day Adventists uh, shortly before I was born. Um, my mother and father then divorced when I was about six years old, and I lived with my mother, and that's significant because as my father stayed in the Seventh-day Adventist church, my mother left the church about the time I was 14, until I was about 26 years old. And during that whole time, I just, I had, religion had no part of my life. Mm. And so as much as I grew up knew, knowing things about the Adventist church, I was never baptized. And so I, I didn't go to church. I married a, a girl who was not a Christian and that we're still married and we're both <laughs> Christian, <laughs> praise the Lord. But I mean, so we went through that experience before I was 26 years old and through a series of events as a jet flying overhead. You don't get this every week on talking points. This is just points, proves this. live. That's, your, That's right. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, my wife and I, um, uh, after a, a series of events when I was about 26 and, and she was about 24, 
the Lord converted us both, mm. which I praise his name for because it doesn't always happen that way with husband and wife. Mm. We were baptized together on the same day with my brother, Jim. Some of you may know him. Mm. And uh, and from that point on, I felt immediately like I ought to be telling people about this stuff that I'm learning about Jesus, about the Bible, about prophecies. And um, taking a long story and making it short, different avenues time that I was in uh, college. I was actually working as an electrician. I was taking night classes and I was majoring in computer programming and accounting. And we were learning COBOL. If anybody remembers that back with computers. Just that's kind of smile and nod for you like... younger people. Like, we assume that's something techie. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, came in real candy around Y2K, but that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. But uh I was alive for that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. um, but when I was converted and I, I knew that that wasn't the path that I was going to go on, I just wanted to find the quickest avenue to ministry. And I looked at going and getting my religion degree, switching majors and what have you. And I ended up going to a mission college to train to become a Bible worker. And that's what I did. I became a Bible worker in Alabama. And from there, I became a bivocational pastor in Ohio in the Ohio Conference, which what? meant I have yeah. a full time job. And I worked on the side as a pastor, and I did that for about three and a half years. And then from there, I was called to ministry in the Michigan Conference as full full time pastor, and that was 2003. And I've served there. Well, I shouldn't say that. In 2009, I was asked to direct their evangelism training school, mm -hmm. and so that's where I had my roots is in evangelism. You're going to that training school when I first started, and uh, and then from there, I was asked to come into the conference office in the Sabbath School and Personal Ministries Department. And uh, as you fill in your side of the story, there are a couple things I want to add into that. And then why that experience helps me or helps Brings me in us the Sabbath where we are now. Yeah. yeah uh, the only thing that's probably similar in our stories is that our parents, <laughs> like my parents became seven damages before me, like your parents did. Yeah. But the rest of our stories are widely uh, uh, different. My, I like to joke that I'm the most seventh damages person Ever. You're like 19th generation. Exactly. Like, like 19th generation or something. But the re, not, I'm actually only second generation. My, my parents uh, were both in their um, younger years, like teenage yeah. or 20s, whenever they converted and they uh, stuck with the faith. They got married to each other and had me. And then, so I was, um, I was born in an Adventist hospital, you know, to Adventist parents across the street from the church that they are still a part of to this day and went to Adventist schools all my life. Never had the, you know, the, the, the family leave. I didn't have a broken home, and none of those experiences. <laughs> That's that immaculate did. conception. It's a really clean, clean story. Yes, yeah. I said. And uh, so, anyway, it continued on. We and don't believe that doctrine, by the way. But yeah, just clarify for whatever Mark just said. It. But the reality is, I stayed either personally convicted or just culturally connected to the Seventh Day Adventist Church mm -hmm. for my entire life. And so, I went through Adventist schools, uh, elementary school, up through academy, went to college, and. Appropriately enough, I, I got a degree in religious education, which is something I was very much steeped in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was well prepared for that. And then I got a job working in an Adventist institution, Adventist uh, school uh, and church. And I went actually to be a chaplain of a church, with a boarding academy, which had a church on the campus. Mm -hmm. So you're doing kind of double duty there. You're the pastor of the church and you're also the Bible teacher and chaplain of the, of the campus, which means you just work seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it did that for seven years, and I went to another. So we've both been academy pastors. 
we but we yeah, both have had go. connection to academies, yes. And so, right. uh, so I did, uh, and I I did get my formal degree. You were talking about you went to a mission college. I went to an to uh, an accredited, you know, denominational school. Went through. I got my what was my Your pedigree. <laughs> well, not not now. <laughs> here's a, here's a catch though. Right. All right. The religious education degree I got from my undergrad. I then got a religion masters with an emphasis in evangelism but I did not get a master's of divinity through the seminary. I went it all through Southern. So I got my undergrad and my graduate work through Southern. So I do have a master's degree. It's in religion, but it's not, it's not the MDiv. It's, it's not from MA. the seminary. Exactly. So if so I wanted to go back and do that, I'd have to do some other coursework right. and I couldn't go straight into a DMIN and this is boring everybody I know. But anyway, that's my background with that. And so I came into ministry just because that's just the natural transit it was the it yeah. was the only thing that flowed naturally like dominoes falling that's where you end up and i i sometimes wish i had that thing like man i was strung out on drugs and then the light bulb hit and i no, knew no. that no yeah and, and i don't but i i tell you what though i firmly believe we need more testimonies if i was born in the church and i'm still here that's right i think we've got plenty I, of stories i still remember i was doing some training with church members on how to give your personal testimony and i still remember one of the church members who came to me and she said pastor I, I don't have a personal testimony. I grew up in the church. I always loved Jesus. I gave him, I was baptized when I was 12 and I just continued to grow in my experience. I said, you know what? You just told me your personal testimony. testimony. <laughs> and so, yeah, a lot of times people think I've got to have this gangsta God or yeah. I live naked in a cave or else I don't yeah. have a testimony. <laughs> By the way, that's Doug Batchelor. That's neither one of us, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the up. point is you always want this like big, like in order for it to be a testimony, it's got to be this the you know, greatest spectacular, yeah. miracle. It's a miracle of a changed life. Right. And the Lord changes lives. Absolutely. all over the place and if you have a changed life by the lord jesus you've got a testimony well and to bring it back to how our stories come together then so i come to the michigan conference after working in several other conferences i pastored a church district and was just a superintendent then came into the sabbath school and personal ministries department which yes now bringing this to the confluence the sabbath school and personal ministries department at least in our conference is a, essentially a new entity it had the elements of personal ministries was connected with evangelism. It was evangelism in personal ministries as a department. And then Sabbath school was, I, I liked, I probably shouldn't use the term redheaded stepchild, but the idea being, it's like the yeah, one thing that gets, was. yeah, well, it's already been said it now, yeah. but the idea being that like, it's a good thing, everybody, but it never was the sole focus of anything. It was always somebody's like fourth responsibility and other things. It might be this department and they have Sabbath school and this department, and they have Sabbath school. Well, let's just clear it up a little bit. Um, first of all, let's talk about personal ministries first. Okay. So that you're clear, our viewers are clear, personal ministries, and every church should have a local personal ministries yes. leader. We, we're the conference affiliation of that. But <clears throat> the personal ministries leader's role, and this is a surprise to a lot of church members, is to get every single member, young and old, That's right. Uh, every baptized member active in local missionary service. That's right. Um, because that's the mission of a Christian. <laughs> yes. And so um, at, the, at the foundation, both of us had that background and passion for background in and passion for evangelism. Right. And so that's one of the reasons that our conference brought us into that capacity. And I had been doing the training with the Emanuel Institute, uh, lay training on evangelism, what have you. But then Sabbath school, um, as you said, Sabbath school had not been with that department. Mm -hmm. Sabbath school had been pretty much a distribution of materials, right? Yeah. People need t uh, offering envelopes and attendance cards and they call in the conference yeah. office. And that's because 
what would happen is that Sabbath school, the leader would be with another department and they would have enough responsibilities that would just keep them busy enough. Well, plus, if you think about it, and this isn't to anyone's fault at the no. conference, the local church, it's just the way things happen. But if, you know, if there's nothing really, if you don't really expect much to happen new, why do you need why do you need anything to be managed if there's nothing really happening, right? right? So it's like, we know what Sabbath school is. It's a time when we yeah. meet, we go over the quarterly study and that's it. And we lament the fact that it's a dwindling crowd of older people and it's less and less focused. Pastors aren't really involved. People skip out on it. It's not really, but it is what it is. Right. And, and I think that a lot of people probably wouldn't overtly or you know out loud say that. But there's a drift in Sabbath school, and I and I appreciate at least the Michigan Conference saying, you know, we do not want to see that happen. We want Sabbath mm -hmm. school to be because if you think about it this way, and this will get into kind of our recent stuff with yeah, our so COVID tie, responses. Tie, tie in the Sabbath school, the link with personal ministries, because a lot of people don't realize how personal ministry <laughs> Sabbath school is. Well, exactly. Well, the idea, for instance, you should read councils on Sabbath school work. Right. Oh, I, this is your homework book. assignment. Go around and read councils on Sabbath school work. But there's multiple quotes where essentially Mrs. White says the purpose of the Sabbath school is the ingathering of souls or the building That's of right. the church, like bringing in people. And how many people, if we were being honest with ourselves, really look at Sabbath school as an evangelistic missionary initiative that's in an outreach tool? Most people will probably have the mindset that Sabbath school is for the saints. In fact, when you have new friends or something, how many, if you have somebody who's a new Bible study interest or just came to a set of meetings or whatever, you're inviting for the first time to church, you invite them, I just said it, you invite them to church. It wouldn't even cross our minds to invite them to Sabbath school. You say, what time does church start? It's going to be Except when you're at Advent Hope. Well, of course, Advent Hope is the great asterisk. It, it breaks all the rules. It's got its own classification. But the reality is across Main Street USA, you know, right. Adventism, that Sabbath school is seen as a, you know, a study club for members. Yeah. And the worship services, we have all the special features. You're going to have special music. Mm -hmm. You're going to have all these different uh, speakers. You're going to have announcements. And and then Sabbath school is just that other thing that, you know. No, you got to crowd all the other stuff into the service because if you try to put it in Sabbath school, people say, well, nobody comes to Sabbath school. Don't so even let me start. I don't even know if we're getting into that later this week. But if we, we will be a little bit. Exactly. I'm going to touch on it because. I mean, all right, so how does it work together is the ideal is that if every church member is a member of the Sabbath school and the Sabbath school's primary objective is to win souls, to ingather folks in, to be a soul winning tool of the church, then really the Sabbath school should be not only a benefit to the member personally by Bible study and encouragement and prayer, right. but it also should be training and equipping and deploying for service, right? That there should be the a dynamic, a living organism for soul winning in that Sabbath school. In fact, we have some, and I'll probably share some of these resources, some older um, Sabbath school resources and books that were produced mm -hmm. by the General Conference. And you open up and they have like a diagram of a heart. The heart of the church is the Sabbath school because you have the study, you have the prayer, you have the outreach, you have the personal touch. And a lot of that has just kind of, you know, the EKG on the heartbeat of Sabbath schools basically flatline in a lot of places. And I don't believe that's well, what the Lord wants. And so just so our viewers are aware, the General Conference has an initiative right. called Sabbath School <laughs> Alive. <laughs> and we'll be talking about that a little bit tomorrow night. Exactly. And so we'll, we'll save that for later. But the idea is that Sabbath School and personal <clears throat> ministries are not two disparate items that were just jammed together to make a title. That the, the Sabbath School is supposed to be 
the conduit for personal ministry in the local church. And every local church has a Sabbath school. It's supposed to have a, a personal ministries leader. They're supposed to have members who are missionary minded. Right. And the Sabbath school is supposed to harness all of that for the in-gathering of souls. That's right. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit. But the one reason I want to give our backstory is, like I said, I want you guys to know that the Lord has a job for everybody. I don't think I'm Amen. a spectacular minister, mm. but I have I, I, the Lord has brought me in a place where I can have some level of influence mm -hmm. and, and, and move the work and inspire people. And so can you. And that's Amen. what I want to encourage. I mean, as I, I bullet pointed this out, you know, I had an experience where I came largely from outside the faith where you're like 19th generation. Exactly. Right. Uh, I had a limited formal education and religious things, whatever you had lots of formal education. Um, I'm linear to a fault and you're artsy <laughs> and creative. I'm old and you're young. And, those are those are those are generalizations. You know, so but all yeah, the, this is basically is, true. Yes. The point is that the that, that the Lord can use every one of Amen. us, and He will if we're just willing to be used. And right. I want to get that across. And we're well, going to be talking about ways that that can happen. Let's bring so, it into like. Let me just ahead. say one more thing: is we're talking about Sabbath school. I don't want our viewers to get the idea like, oh, I don't teach Sabbath school, so this isn't for me. I don't go to Sabbath school that often, so that this isn't for me. What mm -hmm. we're covering tonight and through the weekend. Uh, what we're going to be covering, we're going to be talking about things in the Sabbath school, but a lot of what we talk about are, are going to be things that will help you in your personal spiritual walk. And I think this will be beneficial to everyone. So, Amen. Amen. So let's get a little bit more recent. <clears throat> the, the, obviously, the big, the big uh, rock in the jar, the big story headline of the last year has been, you know, this pandemic and what its impact has had on churches, uh, local congregations, conferences. Uh, you yes. know, in fact, the general conference has had to, you know, postpone their uh, annual, uh, not just annual council, but the general conference session for now yes. two years. So it's, it's just making waves all through every level of the church and the local church and their programming, their services has been greatly affected by this. And from our perspective in the Michigan conference, we were forced just as blindsided as everybody else. And we had to, you know, react in real time and adjust to all these things. And as time went on, as the weeks, you know, especially I'm thinking about about a year ago, this is February right now, yeah. 2021. And it was in the end of February going into March of 2020, when we started having to deal with these new realities of COVID protocols mm -hmm. and, and lockdowns and different states having different things. And uh, and of course, Michigan was it was one of the more right. restrictive states, and so the so church two big had to respond. That happened is we had we yeah. had we we stopped our church services, our live church services, and you're all familiar with the. Well, in fact, let me, like, before we do that, it, if you recall, it was it started not with just like full service to dead stop. There was a kind of a whittling down. It went from like 250. Then the next week is 100 to me. Right. Then it was 50 to me. And we're like, and it felt we kind can't of like have crowds bigger than yeah the Abraham, you know, bargaining kind of thing, whittling it down the number until it got to a point where I think the smallest it ever got was 10, and they could only meet in certain rooms or in small home, you know. And so the church basically decided, you know what, for the health of our own people and for the consistency across the board, we're just going to stop doing for for a time. Right in-person services and probably whoever you're watching this has probably had some variation of that experience right and uh and so what happened was and also then our conference office went on lockdown that's right and then you only only essential employees that's right were permitted to go to work by the state right so even going out for the initial lockdown period and i forget how long it was because anyway yeah. we we were done essential employees yes that enabled us to do what we did with Sabbath school, which right. we're, we're communicating about. We're the field. And so we had part of that. So one of the things that I noticed 
and, it, and I'm ashamed that it, I should I should have noticed it immediately. Yeah. But it took me about a week or two before I realized, like, what are we doing here? Because I, you know, you start it, you're saying, okay, you can't meet in large groups, and then you can't you pass out bulletins, and you can't you know right. pass the offering plan, and you can't have this, you can't, and whittling it down to taking all the interactive elements away, you know? Right. And so now all you basically have is people who can't really communicate with each other and interact, but they can go to a room or, or look at a person delivering a sermon and people would say, no, 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 we have virtual church. And we're, or, and basically church was reduced to a sermon. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Virtual church. But what was church where church used to be lots of things. Now yeah. church is, I'm going to watch this guy get up and preach. Right. And my concern, as I voiced it at the time, and I still do, is that if we come down and say that, that is church, that the church is defined as everything else is optional. The one essential of church is listening to a pastor present a sermon. Well, something else hmm. to add in here is one of the things we, we realized um, pretty early on was that much of what we did, and when I say we, Michigan Conference and I'd say, Probably I don't know. An no, no, yeah. no. I don't know the exception in the North American division, at any rate, of a conference that isn't pretty much event based. In other words, conferences, conference departments yep. plan events for, for, for the. They'll get their calendar out there. We got this event, we got this event. This event. Yeah. And, 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 you know, training events, evangelistic yeah. events, et cetera. Yeah. But it was event, event, event. And all of a sudden we couldn't hold events. And everybody looked around the room and was like, uh, uh, what, what would do? you say we do here? You and, know? and that was a wake up. A call to me mm. if it wasn't to anybody else i know that was we've talked about it at our conference office but that is it really i mean it helped us to realize that we we knew deep down that church and our work and the mission is more than events but it dawned on us that that's really the substance of what we were doing and it mm. made us have to look at things a little different well and kind of the same thing like i was saying like if you ask people it's like is is your church just a sermon no 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 it's much more than that all right, but if you had to strip down to the brass tacks, it's really the, the core is just a sermon. <laughs> and the same thing, it's like, no, 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 we're not just about events, but take away the calendar. It's like, uh, that's pretty much all we got. Yeah. And so it, it kind of forced us uh, to start looking at things in a different way. And, and That's right. Yeah. So one of the things we noticed right early on was virtual church was primarily sermons. There were a couple set, it, and it was interesting, on the local level, we had local pastors that right away, they're going to, I'm going to video yep. my sermons and, and my people can see me preach on Sabbath. But if you want Sabbath school, you either watch Pastor Doug or yeah, three, two or three like different things. Yeah. A couple Sabbath schools that were online. And those Sabbath schools were basically a panel discussion on the lesson mm -hmm. that sometimes did or didn't touch on the lesson. And I remember for me specifically that we watched, it was like the second weekend to the, the lockdown, as I recall. Yep. And the lesson quarterly, and I have to give a little bit of leeway here, but the quarterly was on Daniel 11. Now, if you've studied Daniel 11, Daniel 11 Well, the is, whole quarter was on the book of right, Daniel, the book of but Daniel. specifically that but week. But that yeah. week's lesson was Daniel 11. And, and granted, Daniel 11 isn't easy to cover, especially in a week. But what I saw with the Sabbath school offerings, I don't know that they covered any of a Daniel 11. And at a time like this in Earth's history, and here we have the pandemic and something as timely as Daniel 11, and all the timely points were missed. Mm. And I think it's because people don't study it. They're not familiar with it. And oftentimes this happens, and we're going to go over this this week, and the Sabbath school lesson is, if, a, if the teacher doesn't know the lesson, you just talk about stuff. Mm. And I remember watching that and said, we got to do something for Sabbath school. Well, and we didn't know how because, long this was going to last. Because either, the next so, week yeah. was Daniel 12. And Daniel 12 <laughs> and Michael stands up and we've got to do something about this. And so we decided right. 
that we were going to do not just a lesson, but we were going to model what we thought a Sabbath exactly. school program in a local church should look like. And, and we're looking for this, this opportunity. This is our job here. Yeah. This is our department. Yes. And so we were doing it for the constituents in Michigan. Exactly. Primarily. And so our job as the Sabbath school department, if we were just to sit by and let Sabbath school just dissolve into nothing and just like, well, they got church, they got a sermon. Let, no, we, we right. have a job. We got to do this thing. <laughs> it's just wrong. And, and then we're like, you think about it, especially in Michigan, we have over 180 churches and companies. And if we were trying to go around and train each one, we could one by one by one. It would take years to get around to it. And you're always looking for these opportunities for training. It's like, well, here it is. We've got a whole conference full of churches that don't have local Sabbath schools right now. Right. And we have a conference department. Let's provide one. And let's we would encourage people to be doing local no, trainings around the conference sure. in in what we wanted to see in Sabbath school, but this is an opportunity to model. And I want to get into that learning curve, but the thing that comes to my mind, even as we're speaking, is when we started this, again, our focus was we work for the Michigan Conference. This is our job. Yes. This is what we get paid for. Yes. And, and, and I'm saying that because I remember initially we had some of the folks in the conference saying, well, there's only a couple people that watch, you know, I'm watching on YouTube and there are not many people watching your program. And my, Those are always and, uplifting and my, comments. <laughs> my response was, okay, I don't care. In other words, this is, if there's two people out there, this is my job and I'm going to do this. And By of the course, way, if there's only four people watching, of, we've already hit that general average attendance of a local Sabbath school. Anyway, <laughs> so we're but, fine. But part of, the, part of the reason I'm saying that is a lot of times you might not see the effect of what right. you're doing in ministry, but that's not, you don't do ministry to become famous. You do Amen. ministry to minister. And to we were well. providing yeah. something, even if there were two or three people who, and so anyway, we began our Sabbath school program. Now the elements, you might want to talk yes. about what we wanted to bring. And we're going to talk about this more when we get into yeah. Sabbath school live a little bit, but you know, the Sabbath school used to basically have the, is dubbed the preliminaries, which we're going to, I think that's a dirty word, right? But basically- You, you this, swore that word off. I know. Jerry, and that's it why- It came I, out of your mouth. I know. It, it felt gross to say it, but <laughs> a preliminary, the textbook definition is the, the less important stuff before the real stuff comes, right? And so it's just the stuff that doesn't really count. And typically in a local church, that might be an opening song. It might be the opening prayer. It might be some comments or, or the, you know, Sabbath school superintendent's remarks or whatever. And that's where- it, paltry, I mean, painfully few people show up, and then the lesson study starts, and some churches completely have jettisoned the plenary program altogether. I like plenary program because it's on a platform versus preliminary. <laughs> well, we preliminary. talked about, we've already, we use the word preliminary, we pile everything in the worship service because we already, and we tell the saints, nobody comes to Sabbath school, so we already programmed them not to come, even if they were <laughs> it's thinking It's like, don't worry, we coming. have no expectation you're going to come, and it's not going to be that good, so you might as well so just anyway, like, we yeah. wanted to change that. Yes, exactly, and so part of that is putting the good stuff back in Sabbath school again. Right. Let's have mission features. Let's talk about encouraging things. Let's have training and elements and let's have, anyway, we can get onto that. So we wanted to say, well, we've been talking about these things for life. This is our opportunity to put it into practice. Let's actually build a Sabbath school program that people could click on and watch and not just hear, you know, the rote recitation of that week's lesson again, right. but actually see a Sabbath school program. But they got a global mission report. So we do play the mission spotlight and a local, either local church or local and, conference. And let me just pause on that. The mission spotlight. Yes. Some people don't understand. And I've had people say, why do we do that anyway? It happens way over. And some people don't understand that when you talk about anything, it makes people think about it. Yes. And when you talk about mission, and when you show people mission features from around the world, it reminds us 
We're a worldwide missionary yes. movement. And you start to see this, this aha from the members that, that begins to generate more of a missionary mindset. Mm -hmm. And so if for no other reason, that mission spotlight yes. feature on a regular basis gets people thinking, oh yeah, this is why we're here. Well, every week you're going to hear Happy Sabbath. They're going to be mentioned of the Seventh-day Sabbath. That's and it's right. not like, well, we know. Yes, and we're going to say it every week because it's the Sabbath. <laughs> and same thing, we are a missionary movement. And we That's should be right. hearing about it. I remember as a little kid uh, going into the worship service in the very beginning, they'd have the, you know, I don't know exactly what technology yes. at the time, but I want to say reel to reel, but I don't think I'm that old. <laughs> but it was some sort of thing. But you'd always hear like the music would come up. This is Mission Spotlight. <laughs> Oh, and there was going to be, and somehow the truck would run out of gas, but they would make it to their destination or the sick person would get just the medic. And it was inspiring, right? right? We need that kind of mission mindset revival right. in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And, and Sabbath School is the great vehicle for that. Only, so we, in our yeah. mission program that we're putting, our Sabbath School program yeah. we're putting together to model, we wanted one so of we, the first elements to be mission spot. And so we'd start with like one sentence, like, but, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say we would just open very simply. Wouldn't have long, pro, pro, you know, drawn yes. out, you know. Don't say it. You I'm almost not, said the word. I'm not going to say that that word. <laughs> but we basically say, uh, "Happy Sabbath, everyone! It's a wonderful day. Here's Mission Spotlight. Yes. Boom, and you just go into it. And then after that, you remind people that, by the way, mission isn't just foreign mission, even though we've come to equate it that way. Mission oftentimes is that thing we pray for or we pay for but it's way remote. It's always in this island right. or some jungle or something. When the reality is, here's what mission looks like right here. And here's a mission opportunity hometown. And we interview someone, right. we'll play another local testimony video, but move that thing along. So the that initial part of the program was only about 15 minutes or so max. We'd have basically global mission, local mission, and then right. personal mission. Yeah, and if you want ideas, you can go to the michigansspm.org website and go to the resources page. Yep. And we have testimonies that we videoed with an iPhone going yep. around Michigan and or a DSLR. So yeah, that, something you know, very simple. It doesn't have to be, and we just uh, videoed people's stories and yep. put them together as local testimonies that our church members could use if they didn't have a local testimony. Right. Of course, we encourage them to have local testimony. Of course, well. of course, of course. So anyway, that mission program, and we're going to dive a lot more into that when we get to the Sabbath School Live. The Sabbath School is We get a local the, testimony this Sabbath, too. Yes, we do. We have some exciting here at Advent Hope. We've got a lot of right. uh, mission work on the mind and some upcoming things we're going to advertise and talk about. But the point is that the Sabbath School is supposed to be a living organism for soul-winning work. That's right. And uh, But... Still, the biggest block in the jar, the biggest rock in the jar, is the study time, the yes. Bible study uh, element of the Sabbath school program. And that's where, once the churches started to open back up again, we didn't ever want the Sabbath school program we were producing to become a substitute for the local. Yeah, no, we're staying home and watching Sabbath school. Exactly. We're, we didn't, we want, didn't want to create a competition. We wanted to complement and help out and use it as a training for some, uh, opportunity. So we stopped doing the full program. Well, we made that point throughout yeah, when we were doing this. This is program. not forever. So, yeah. it, and one of the things I wanted to say is as we did our Sabbath school program, I mean, we had done precious little video work. <laughs> and, and, and I say this, in fact, one of the things, if, if any of our viewers do YouTube videos or have watched anybody who has a successful YouTube channel, like a, like a Peter McKinnon or somebody who's a photographer or what have you, and just huge viewers and everything else, and you listen to these guys talk about how they, and, and I'm saying this because I've known people who say, hey, I want to put content out, but I want to get all this, and they think they've got to spend 
all kinds of big dollars to get all this big fancy equipment. And you'll get a guy like Peter McKinnon who's making, I don't know what the guy makes. He's a photographer, as I mentioned. And, um, but he, you know, they'll tell you that the first thing you have to have is content. And they'll say, man, when I started, it was a terrible video, poor lighting, didn't know any of that stuff, but it was content and the people came for the content. Mm. And so we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And we just kind of, and so shows. first we're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, we had, you had an old DSLR. Yeah, yeah I had a DSLR. And, and I had a newer DSLR. But they were similar. And so, I mean, of different, you know. So, so you had a Canon T2i, That's which right. records 12 minutes before it stops. Okay. We're doing a Sabbath school program. The lesson study yes. we're doing is about 55 minutes. Yeah, full hour so, plus program. So you got, and then I have a, a Canon. I had a 5D Mark IV. Yeah. And I sold that for our other cameras. Mm-hmm. And some people are going to be like, well, I could do that. But anyway, I did. It only took 30 minute videos. Yeah. And so, so literally, we'd have to stop. And so what we did is we had a three camera and then our third camera was an iPhone. So we did a three camera setup. Of course, the the color is different on all of them. And (laughs) I remember going back and forth. And if you ever saw any of our our episodes, we we filmed it in the lobby of our conference office because the conference was shut down. So the whole thing became a studio. But in our lobby, we have these big windows. Now, if you've ever done any (laughs) kind of video, anything, and I hadn't done a lot, but I did enough to know you don't want natural daylight that's constantly changing your scenery inside. And Cameron's like, yeah, but it's real and it's natural. And so you want it to be warm and authentic. You want it to be personal. No, it was warm and authentic when the sun was shining, but it wasn't warm when it was cloudy out. They don't want to hear us fight about this. But (laughs) suffice it to say, Mark had an idea and I was right. So. anyway (laughs) but my point is all of this stuff was a learning curve and and so we had i learned on uh we used premiere pro and i had to go online and watch these online classes to know how to to do what i was doing always googling stuff to figure out how to put this thing in and i found a way how to do the the three camera setup and then we had you know 12 minute clips that we had a piece together on the one, and then we had to get all the sound to stabilize it. Yeah, and then this, and it was a nightmare. It was a week putting each one together, basically. It, it's funny because we've had through through the whole pandemic, we've had a lot of discussions at the conference office, and people are thinking, "I need to do more content," but how do I do it? And they're thinking all this elaborate, and now they look at us who we do the talking points. They're like, "Well, you guys already knew how to do this; it's easy for you." And I'm thinking, "Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> you don't know how dumb we are." Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, but that's. But the good thing about it is we you don't have to say, well, you're, you're right. We both have degrees. There's no amount of prior experience no. with this. It's just you just figure. Prior experience with videos. <laughs> stuff is our best. And work. so we just each week you learn something new and figure out something. And something would go south and you'd have to refit, do, fix yeah. it, do it, whatever. The but that's how being, we did it. But the, when the full when the churches started opening back up. And we said, we are not going to continue doing this full program because we don't want to be in competition with the local church Sabbath school program. We want local and churches was, to be better. We it want to was help. draining. Well, yes, and we had other so, things. So let me on. say this. When we first started it, it took us the entire week to have it ready for that Sabbath. And we're just like right on top of this thing. And then we got it down to where it took us in four days and three days. And then we were having, we were be, be able to, if we got on it, we came in and filmed right away and did the editing. I think we were able to get About it done days. in two days. Yeah. Up two full days, and we still are running a conference department. Two, yeah. well, at least two departments. We yeah. have several different things going on with that. So we, but we, one of the things we didn't want to do is we didn't have that. We knew we weren't going to have that much time when things open back up either. Right. 
So that for a lot of reasons, this was only a stopgap measure. It was a unique opportunity. We want to take advantage of it. But as we talked about, hey, this is going to be our last week of doing this program, we got more and more comments, uh, individuals or text messages or like little messages online or something like that, like, please don't stop. Well, through the last, yeah, the lesson study, at least yeah. the last month or so, because we kept telling people that we're not going to be doing this after the pandemic lifts and we're allowed to meet in churches again and then people started writing in and they're like don't stop doing this we get our, our sabbath school they never covered the lesson we never learn anything with this and we and then of course now we're wrestling with this like but we're not i can't we can't take the place like that taking the place of the local sabbath school defies everything that we're right. we are so how can we do something from a conference <clears throat> perspective that won't take over or take the place of a local sabbath school will actually invest in and improve everyone's local sabbath because what ideally my goal would love to see is the work that we do in the conference would be seen in the local church that when you go to the local church sabbath school is better because they have a mission focus they have the resources they need they have the mission mindset they've got good lessons right. not because they've just turned off their sabbath school and turned on to something else but they've learned to provide for themselves a better Sabbath school program than ever before. And so for that purpose, we decided to keep the lesson study discussion going, but again, change right. the format, not have it be the full hour long study, not to take the place of, right. but just to hit a few main ideas, these not key thoughts cameras. or talking points, you know, and why don't, you, why don't you talk about why we do it in talking point? Why is it this format? I will. And, and, and we'll get into this a little bit more too, but I, I want to go back even to the process. Okay. Um, the way we did with the three cameras, you basically had to complete three full single angle shots. And then you had to sync those up. And then you would in, in, you take an editing program like Premiere Pro and sync them up. And then you imported them into, or actually, um, I'm trying to remember the process again, but you had to import them into a, a multi-camera view, something or the other. And then you had to watch, watch through it in real time and in Premiere Pro, it lets you use the program here, like you yeah. would a switcher live. So you're like, okay, this camera, this camera, this camera, this camera. Oh, I did that wrong, nudge this over. And it just was very labor intensive. Yeah. So we said, we can't we keep doing it if we simple, do that. Something succinct, something clear. Like they had a certain rubric of things. We're but then to when we talked about talking points, one of the things we thought was, you know, initially just for sake of ease, let's just do one camera. Yeah. That will make it easier. And then we don't have all as much editing. And then we thought, you know what, in this pandemic, I kind of like it because it makes our viewers, they can feel like they're at the table the with a real person, table. you know, like, like it's something we can't do yet, you know, yeah. we're still, and, um, and so those things went into that, that format mm -hmm. as far as our filming format, the idea of talking points, we're going to talk about this more tomorrow night and Friday night just when it comes to tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about how you would prepare to teach a lesson, but really it's going to be deeper than that. I want to say, cause I know that a lot of reviewers are like, well, I don't teach. I don't teach school. a lesson. So click, but really what we're going to be talking about is how to get the most out of Bible study, personal study mm. of the scripture, uh, because that's really what it comes down to in making something interesting. And so uh, one of the things that, we've joked about and we're going to repeat this through the week because it's just an ongoing mantra that when when uh, we joke about going into sabbath school and you sit down and because we've gone as conference uh yeah. we're, we're leaders in this department i don't know i can't even count the churches i've been to in our conference we you thought about doing a secret and you sit in sabbath school and uh you see the same thing over and over 
it goes like, okay, well, you know, Saturday afternoon, we got this, a Sunday's lesson, Monday's lesson, and then either Monday or Tuesday, it's like, well, I'm sorry, we're out of time. There's a lot of good stuff we didn't get to this week. And or we, Thursday, we, never gets done. And we, I was going to say we joke about it, but kind of, kind of not it's really. Uncannily consistent. Yeah. People, I can't count the number of people that have said that's exactly what happens in our Sabbath school. And the challenge, there's several challenges with that, but one is that sometimes the best points come out on Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> and so they never get to them all the time. Like this is week after week after week. So the idea was we need to teach people how to find the key points in the lesson and make sure they cover them no matter what time you have or don't have. Because I've been in, in churches where the Sabbath school teacher may be well prepared for his regular 45 minute class. And then something goes awry in the superintendent's comments and they get on a roll and take an extra 20 minutes. And suddenly the Sabbath school teacher has 20 less minutes. That's right. And I've seen that happen. And, and so the idea of talking points was if we can help them to draw out some key points, then they'll be able to cover those key points, even if they get shorted on time. Mm-hmm. So the idea was we want to give a resource that will help, especially help Sabbath school teachers or people personally studying the lesson for themselves to get more out of the lesson and for the teachers to cover the lesson in the time allotted. Right. Because as Mark mentioned, there's a lot of variables that will happen in the local Sabbath school. And I mean, Sabbath schools are different across the board. Every local church does it a little bit differently. Some, like I mentioned, don't have a, a plenary program at all. Some have long ones that are very formal. Other people have, a, a you know, maybe only 30 minutes and some people have over an hour for their study. And so it's can it, church services are more uniform. You know, you're going to have an opening hymn, you know, you're going to have the certain things, but Sabbath school's a little bit of the wild west right now. And there isn't a lot of pastoral oversight. There isn't a lot of conference, uh, you know, consistency. And so in fact, churches, and, I, and my guess is that the way things happen in your local church in Sabbath school is because that's the way they've just kind of developed over time. It's not like, so, how many local churches now, hold even on. Ha- this is confession time here. I've got to ask this question. I've Go never ahead. asked you this, so this is so we're going to do it live on the air. This we is are. It's a, it's on the air and it's live. Okay. When I was a when you in the Adventist Church, pastors typically do multi-church districts. So you're mm-hmm. pastoring two or three churches, and then as you spend time in ministry, oftentimes you'll get to one bigger church, mm-hmm. and we both had been in that situation, but. When you work multiple churches, you preach in one church and then you go to the other church and you always miss Sabbath school unless you have a full Sabbath in a church. But whenever I was in one of my churches for the entire day, and especially when I went to just pastoring one bigger church, I always had part in Sabbath school. Mm. But I was shocked to learn that a lot of pastors and members had told me this and I thought, you're crazy until I got in into the position that I'm in. And I realized that a lot of pastors just, even if they have one church, skip their Sabbath school. Were you going to ask me a question? Yeah. So what was your practice? Did you when I had a multi-church district, I was unable to be at Sabbath school because they had the alternating services. I understand that. When Some... I went to the one church, I was in Sabbath school every single week. Hey, there it is. There. And in fact, I would take on, I, I wanted to. See, I, I had confidence that you'd answer that All right. the right way. Praise the Lord. And I want you to know if it had been the other way, I'd have made some joke and I'd have gotten out of it, but I'm happy to say. <laughs> no, right. no, but the reality is what I would, my practice would be, I would go to every local. Oh, every... look at the time. We need to move on. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not moving on. I like this because I 
I viewed my, the, as the pastor, I wanted to be an overseer of all of this stuff. I want to know what was going on in the churches. Oh. And you have, you know, that's the night Nehemiah, you know, surveying around the wall. I can't tell you how many, not just pastors, but elders and church members in general don't have a clue what's going on in their youth Sabbath school department. They don't know what's going on in the children's Sabbath school. They don't, they, they might have three or four different lesson studies going on and they just stick with the one and they don't know what's going on. And so there's a lot of like not knowing it. And brother Mark, you can probably vouch for this, that, you know, What's the saying? When the cat's away, the mice will play. Oh yeah. And <laughs> no, I was just invariably thinking. the craziest elements. The individuals who have a bone to pick, or have an axe to grind, yeah. or have some sort of theory to promote, will they're not going to come take on the pastor. No, they're, they're going to wait to the pastor. They're going to wait to the, the pastor away at the other church, and they're going to infiltrate a Sabbath school. They're going to come in and they're going to take a seat and they're going to and they're going to wind their way into some sort of like problem in your life. I was just church. thinking of a. And the Michigan conference, our conference is divided into 12 districts. You know, they'll, you know, when you have a, as a pastor, you have two or three churches, they'll call that a pastoral district. But then right. there are 12 yeah. groups of districts of our 180, whatever. So typically there'd be like six or seven pastors. Yeah, in, so you'd have yeah. six or seven pastors under you as district superintendent. Yeah. And and when I was superintendent, I had one, one of the churches had that very thing going on. And I had one of the members come to me at a prayer meeting and mm -hmm. say, from one of these other churches they came to our prayer meeting sometimes and they said man i don't know what to do at our sabbath school to get this guy uh he wasn't even an adventist church member he had he was telling stories about how the the going back to the genesis 6 and said the giants the nephilim uh, yeah. slept with angels, angels slept yeah. with the uh, well, well, human women and had this offshoot when he was bringing in these books he was reading off at the had be clear, that's not with, Adventist understanding. Had nothing to do with the Seventh Day Adventist, the, yeah. the lesson study or anything. But this, and but he was an outspoken person in Sabbath school, and uh, we're going to talk about how to deal with some of that. But the point is, yeah, as a I want to, if you're a pastor and you're watching, if for no other reason yeah. than to just maintain the semblance of orderliness in <laughs> in, in doctrine, yeah. Make sure you know what's going on in your Sabbath right. school. Be a part of your local Sabbath school program. Be there and know know the names of people involved. And but I would hope that's not your only reason. I mean, Sabbath school is the, should be one of the most vibrant parts of the church, Absolutely. and and it's one of the greatest avenues for the pastor to get people involved, inviting friends, right. missionary focus, etc. And it's beautiful pastors because it's not even expected to be pastor involved. You want to win brownie points, just show up. Right. Nobody's expecting it. You win. And and then you can have you build credibility and you can actually be teaming with your with your lay people and, and ministry and moving the church, not just from right. the pastoral direction. Anyway, there's a lot of ways the pastor can help move the work of Sabbath school, even if he's not leading out in it. A lot of people, well, I can't run it, so I can't be there. So there's okay. a lot you can do. Sorry, I diverted you with that question. That's all right, though. Where were you? <laughs> I don't remember what we were talking about, <laughs> but you put me on the hot seat. Yeah. So anyway, we were just saying oh, we we're talking, talking about why the talking points continue, because, it again, it's not a, a second lesson study or, or no. taking the place of. But for Sabbath school members, especially Sabbath school teachers, superintendents, the leaders, um, we wanted to help them see how a Sabbath school study could be developed, not dependent on the sequential seven-day outline right. and not dependent on, I have to have my full 45 minutes or the whole thing is lost, right? How to know what the extract the key ideas or the main talking points and so if you have 10 minutes if you have an hour that you can develop them fully and get a good solid study out for your own benefit 
but also for the class. And, and if the class members were thinking along those same lines, you would really enhance the quality of the Sabbath school discussion and learning experience for everyone. Right. If you just learn how to study your Sabbath school lesson better. And there you have it. That's how Talking Points was born. That's right. That's how, that's how we came to it. And um, we've said, and we're going to say throughout this week, our intention wasn't and isn't that the talking points we come up with are the only things anybody can use for Sabbath school. Because we've gone into churches since, and people will say, I'm sorry, I saw your talking points, or I didn't see it this week, yeah. or I didn't use the points you used. Or I okay. saw it, and I, didn't, I went another way. Yeah, <laughs> you're allowed Good. to do that. Yeah. And in, in, in fact, in some cases, we would want you to do so. We're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, as the week goes on. But that's really why we came up with doing talking points. Right. So anyway, as we continue this week, what we're going to be looking at is some specific diving. Because this was just an overview of where it came from, who we are, yeah. and how it got started at all, and why it's such a big burden for us. right? Because I really believe the Sabbath school, as I've mentioned, is this is God's ordained vehicle for you know organizing mm. the church for service. To Absolutely. establishing us individually in the doctrine and collectively moving us towards that missionary mindset that God wants us each to have. Well, we had talked about the, uh, you know, the pandemic and, and initially how it was uh, groups of 100, groups of 50, groups of 10. What are we going to do? And we're looking at each other and thinking, what are you going to do? Sabbath school, That's what you can do. do Sabbath well, school. And, and you can, have, like, you man, can, have, can 10 have 10 people in the Sabbath school. Yes, in the church. I remember that The whole discussion. church could be meeting in little like, groups. Well, we can't Sabbath have groups school. like this, so I guess we're just going to close. And it's like, no, that's the whole <laughs> point is that Sabbath school can be so much more connecting with individuals, more quick and nimble and move and adapt to circumstances, yet at the same time, personally enriching in quality and just such good stuff in Sabbath school. So clearly it's a burden for each of but us. I'm getting ahead of ourselves. We are getting ahead of ourselves. We wanted to share some thoughts with you tonight about where it came from, and in the days coming, yes. the rest of the series, we're going to be talking about how to plan a Sabbath school lesson, how to right. lead a Sabbath school class or participate in a Sabbath. You know, there's a way to participate poorly in a class, there's a way to be a good participant. We're going to talk about That's all right. of those things. So, tomorrow night, getting the most out of Bible study. And before we finish tonight, I want to talk a little bit about restoration. I don't know if you guys are aware of restoration. We've both in the past been speakers for restoration, yep. but it's a revival. Is it like still two weeks or? It's one week. It's one week. But they no, condensed no, no. it down. It's no, a powerful but, week. Right. No, 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 no. Because no, no, in but there's addition, a service element. That's right. That's right. So this year, and what's the kickoff date for the week of service? The, the 15th, 15th of March. February is what I meant. Amen. February. Yes. And so the, the idea is much in line with what we're talking about. You know, Sabbath school, just having that mission focus. Mm -hmm. um, restoration is really honing in on that uh with the theme this year and also with the week of service prior so prior and listen don't be this is <laughs> i'm looking at like this is going to be like church right it's like okay week of service that's going to be that's like good. sabbath school they're going to call it a that. preliminary to restoration in. right i know how you people think so we <laughs> that's right and we clarified that's this right. ahead of time this We've is not a lot of people. this is not before restoration this, this is, is part yes. of restoration and listen don't try to save your conscience to skip out mm. on the week of service and then come in like you're going to be all holy kind of exactly here for my blessing why we so, anyway you want to be a blessing during the week of service, and that will help the restoration week to be a blessing to you. The speaker is going to be Michael Getz. I think standing in the gap is the, is is the theme. The, is or the theme. Yeah. And I think that has to do with, and, and we'll correct if it's not, is, is how we can each 
be a part of standing in that gap and reaching souls for Christ mm -hmm. in this time that we're living in. So I want you to put that on your calendars. We're going to be talking more about it as the week uh, goes on, but it's going to be a huge blessing. And I know from being in evangelism training and both of us working in personal ministries that there's a part of us that wants to come up with 101 things to do other than outreach when outreach comes up. Oh, mm. I'd love to go, but I can't, you know, but this thing, can, and I just, and this thing today, and my mom needs help, and the, and the, the cat doesn't feel well, or whatever it happens to be, just, I've just bought some tell yourself, yes. <laughs> right, I married a wife and I can't come, <laughs> just put it on your calendar, and you're not going to regret doing it. That's right, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. So, so right now, we're telling you now, so you're not like, oh, if I wouldn't, this is the other thing I've heard as, as a pastor. Well, if I would have known earlier, well, guess what? Now you do. That's right. So there it is. And it's, it's probably going to be mentioned again. So you're not going to have it this one opportunity, be. but uh, be part of it and be part of Sabbath school. Obviously, not just Advent Hope Sabbath school while you're here, but someday, and maybe some of those watching right now are part of a local Sabbath school class that isn't on a big university campus, doesn't have a large church that there's multiple options for, and you're in, you know, middle of nowhere somewhere. And that's, and you are basically the only one who can help move that Sabbath school class. There are ways that you can be benefited personally by studying your Sabbath school lesson better and participating or leading out in a class. And we're going to the evangelist was the only guy in miles. And what happens? Ethiopian eunuch right there. The Lord. So you might not have a lot of people around you. You might just have one. That's right. But that may reach Ethiopia. Amen. Anyway. Amen. So we got a lot to cover this week and our time <laughs> is coming to a close. So we need to close tonight with yes. a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here in Loma Linda, California with the Advent Hope Group. And thank you for Sabbath School Amen. in all of its iterations. And Lord, we want to do your work well. So bless, bless us as we try to re-examine what is Sabbath School? What has it been and what has it become? And most importantly, what do you want it to be? And how can we be a part of that? So teach us, Lord, as we continue and bless us with your Holy Spirit. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.